Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe, and I am excited to talk to you today. What should we talk about? I don't know. You know what? Let's talk about the idea that every criticism is something shaming. And let's just set that idea on fire. Let's blow it up. Let's kill it. Let's destroy it. And then let's actually work on getting a healthy society as we move forward. I love that idea. Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Okay, so let's just, let's just take a moment here. Here locally in West Michigan, uh, if you're not from here, you might not have heard about this case. We had a woman back in, uh, I want to say December, maybe January, run over her child in a school drop-off line. Now look, I've been in a school drop-off line. I know they're frustrating. And I have four children. I know nine-year-olds can be frustrating. But on December 11th, she drops her kid off. He comes running back to the car, doesn't want to go to school. I'm guessing there's crying, there's tears, there's snot blubbering. Now, he gets a hold of the car door and she accelerates and pulls away and drags him 47 yards. Four, seven, 47, 47 yards, half a football field. She drags him and then runs over him with her rear tire. She is a grown woman, 36 years old, and she's dealing with a nine-year-old 47 yards, 47, right? And so she gets arrested. She gets prosecuted. She gets convicted. She gets an incredibly light sentence, amazingly light. She loses rights to her children, which I guarantee you she can earn back. And she has to do a year in jail for causing permanent damage to a nine-year-old because she ran him over with her car. As you can tell, maybe this really fires me up a little bit. But the real moment of firing up for me comes when this past week I see that she gets sentenced and I click on the link on Facebook. Who watches the news anymore? I don't. I just see the headlines and then go read the articles that I want. And I usually read the comments because I'm always curious what people think, right? I work with people for a living. I kind of want to know what's going on with the people in my area, and what people think. So whether it's a national news article or a local news article, I'll read the comments. On this particular article, people are talking about how they think she got off easy, which would be a sentiment that I would share, that she got a light sentence. Now, with fairness, if you're sitting out there and you're the judge that was in this case, or you're a lawyer, uh, I I fully 100% admit I skipped law school, all of it. I didn't go to a single day. I never passed the uh, lawyer boards, whatever they're called. I never took the LSAT. I'm not a lawyer. So I have no idea. Maybe this was the strongest sentence that he could give or there's precedent or whatever the legal eagle term is for it, that he did the right thing. I'm not, my beef isn't with the judge. My beef is with the people in the comments who said We need to stop mom-shaming this woman. We're not mom-shaming her. We're abuse-shaming her, if anything. Like, people literally put in the comments, stop mom-shaming her. Stop mom-shaming her. It's not shame when you run your child over with a car to be called an abuser. 
And that's just frustrating to me. Somehow in our society, it, shame has become like the, the word shame has become like the end all the conversations. Anytime someone's criticized, if you can trot out the word shame, it's a conversation killer. It's over. It's done. Just stop talking to them. Shut it down. Every time. When someone is being called to account, they can just trot out, well, you're shaming me. This woman ran her son over with a car. And people are defending her. And I'm going to say it. I think they're defending her because it's a mom, not a dad. In fact, one of the things that caught me off guard was some of the same people that I know who are mad at Nike, which if you don't know, Nike hired Michael Vick a few years ago. uh, Or not a few years ago, excuse me, a few weeks ago, maybe two months ago now, uh, to be a spokesperson. And they're like, well, I'm done with with Nike. And I didn't know why, because before... Right when, when Nike did their thing with Colin Kaepernick, a lot of my conservative friends dropped out, but a lot of my liberal friends were like, oh, I'm moving from Adidas to Nike. And so, and a lot of the people who were upset were my liberal friends. I'm like, why? What are you talking about? They're like, well, they just hired Michael Vick. And I'm like, oh, well, why is that a problem? And they looked at me, they shamed me. No, they didn't. But they did look at me like I was crazy. And they're like, well, he, he abused dogs, which I agree. He was convicted, or he pleaded guilty 12 years ago in 2007. Since then, he's gone to jail. He served his time. He's done restitution. He has uh, done events and many, many events to, uh, to, to, to raise awareness, uh, to help dogs, to create dog shelters. And the thing of it is, is you can choose. I don't care. If you don't want to sell by Nike because of Michael Vick, that's fine. But like he did his time. He's done his restitution. He should still be allowed to get a job, right? Like he's paid his price. I believe in restoration. I believe in redemption. I believe that people can go from the worst situations in life that they created and go to the some of the best situations in life through redemption and restoration and moving forward and creating a new life. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be in the job that I'm in. I wouldn't be in the career field that I'm in. I wouldn't be doing the things that I do. But we're way before all of that. If we can just kill anything with shame, you're not being shamed if you're being called out for running your child over. You're not being shamed if you're being called out for bad behavior. And I get it. In our society, we, we have moved to the place where it used to be like, okay, here's criticism. Then it had to be constructive criticism. And then anybody who criticized you was a hater. And we've moved to almost anything that holds us accountable is somehow shaming us. In fact, uh, my wife showed a video, I don't know, two weeks ago, on a guy who was talking about how kids express their need for attention. And he was, I don't even know where who he is, to be honest with you. He had some good things to say. Uh, and he was at some sort of conference, and this woman stands up and she goes, I know I'm not a bad mom, but... And then she proceeds to talk about doing things that bad moms do. And I know this is heresy. In 2019, the idea that we could say somebody's a bad parent is heresy, but it's true. Let's just take a moment and step back from this. Substance abusers, one of the things that substance abusers, alcoholics have to accept is that they're they're a substance abuser, that they're 
an alcoholic, that they're not very good at regulating their ingestion of alcohol, that they're not very good at dealing with the difficulties of life, and so they soothe through abusing substances, whether it's drugs or alcohol or whatever. But the beautiful thing is, once they get to that place, they can move forward. They can heal. They can actually get to the place where they start to get control of the thing that's controlling them. By saying there that there's just no such thing as bad parenting, there's just no such thing as a person doing something bad, everybody's doing their best, we've actually robbed people of the opportunity to get better, to heal, to move forward. If, if there is no such thing as bad behavior, which leads to bad parenting or bad spousing, spousing, bad, whatever that would be, how do you move forward? How, how do you change? You can't. If you can't admit that you're an alcoholic, you can't get sober. If you can't admit that you're a drug addict, you won't get sober. If you can't admit that there are things that are bad parenting and we all struggle with them to varying degrees, hopefully none of us run over our children with a car, and if we do, dear God, don't let anybody, you know, def- especially, you know, it's one thing, uh, who was it, that musician a couple years ago, his his son came home and accidentally couldn't see one of the little kids in the family and ran him over. I don't remember, it was an, a guy in Nashville. Okay, so that's one thing. But this woman, all she had to do was hit the brake and parent. And one of the things is, is we are so hell-bent on talking about how hard life is that we actually fail to talk about that the fact that it's hard doesn't change our responsibilities. It does not change our responsibilities to parent. My children did not ask to be born to me. And I have a responsibility to them. In fact, one of the things that bugs me is I hear more about rights than responsibilities. And that's why we shame. Because if we call out that a person has to actually focus on their responsibilities, we run into trouble. We're shaming them. And if everything's shame, we're robbing them of the opportunity for growth. If, if calling this woman out for what she did and saying, you abused your son, you permanently altered his life, and you got off easy, is shaming her, we are in a real world of hurt as a society. And I'm not even saying that we have to say she's a bad person. I want to be really clear on that. Although I do think there comes a point where people have to own at some point they're not good people. At least in that moment. Now that doesn't mean they can't redeem. That doesn't mean they can't be redeemed. That doesn't mean they can't experience redemption. That doesn't mean they can't have restoration. Right? Uh, I don't know why I keep saying right and I'm not even going to delete it. I'm just going to let it in because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just talking to you here. I'm not, I'm not trying to produce this one so much. This is probably a little bit more free form than normal. It, one of the things that we put up on our Facebook social media was if somebody does something right don't or does something wrong, don't forget all the rights that they do. And that's important. But we can't take that too far either. If we go too far with that, then we lose the truth that what this woman did was selfish and evil. I'm on record. I love a lot of things that Brene Brown talks about. A lot of things she writes... I've not read her last book, uh, Dare to Lead, I think is the one that's currently out. Uh, but Rising Strong, I liked the first two-thirds of it. I hated the last third. 
because she said everybody's doing their best and that's okay. No, it's not. And she did give like a token touch to the idea that, you know, some people are doing their best and they're still a danger, so we should put them behind bars until they're not, until they can do their best better. There, There is evil in the world and there is selfishness and selfishness is rarely good. And I, I think part of the problem is we just play fast and free with with definitions. So, when, you know, a lot of times, or at least sometimes I hope, when people say, I just need to be more selfish, what they actually mean is I just need to have more balance and it's not selfish. It's just about recharging and being appropriate with their boundaries. I, I hope that's the case. But part of it is, is we just, we've come to the place where we don't want, if we feel bad, then the other person was wrong. If you tell me that you don't like my podcast because it's too, it's not produced well enough, right? I produce it here in my office, which is not a sound room, lots of echoes, people walking back and forth, and you don't like it. Well, now you're shaming me because I feel bad. It's your fault. You shouldn't have told me that. And and, and we've confused what it means. Like when I was a kid, and I hate, I hate that phrase, but when I was a kid, you know, when I say kid, I mean late teens, early 20s, I was taught that if you were offended by something someone said, you start with you. Like, like if I if somebody said something and I was offended, then I needed to start with me and be like, okay, why does that offend me? What are other ways that I could take this? And and I, I do a lot of couples therapy, and I got to tell you, I see this all the time. Somebody says something to somebody, and their feelings are hurt, and they're automatically they're they're a victim. And and think about it. I I think that's what set me off so much about this the comment section for this woman. People were talking like she was a victim. She's not a victim. And of course, all the trotted out, oh, I'm sure all you parents are perfect. No, no, I'm not perfect. Certainly not as a parent. There are things that I do that are bad parenting. And my kids are all old. Well, not my young. Eh, even him a little bit. Call me. One time I told him he was grounded for a week and he looked at me and laughed and said, Dad, don't you think that's a little long? Because it wasn't commensurate with, the dis- with, with what he did. Well, Joe, grounding him for too long is a little bit different than running him over. I agree. But it still isn't good parenting. And it's not shaming me to say so. We do things that are wrong. And it's not shaming to call them out. And sometimes there are things that are so life-defining. Life there are things that are so momentous that, yeah, that at that moment you're like, man, we got to really think this through. Is this person a bad person? Is this person... Whatever. And and the idea that, well, it's hard, it's irrelevant. I'm so sick of people making excuses for poor behavior because it's hard. And what cracks me up is the same people who defend that mother, they're ready to throw Aunt Becky from, uh, I don't know her real name, Lori Laughlin, something like that. They're ready to throw her in jail for the college admission scandal, which I agree is bad parenting. But that's the point. Are we mom shaming her when we're like, well, she just wanted to do what was best for her children. Don't shame her. That's awful. That's a terrible way to live. One of the things that we're doing is we're removing responsibility away from people. In fact, I just want to talk about this. Uh, Inc. Magazine posted an article, I don't know when, about parents calling for their adult children to go to work. I want to read some of this to you. I'm just going to read right from the article. The recent college admission scandal certainly shows how far some parents will go to give their kids the best. But a new study by Morning Consult conducted for the New York Times reveals some parents carry their interventions even into young adulthood. 
The study conducted among parents with children ages 18 to 28 revealed some eye-opening tendencies. Pay particular attention to the last two. 76% reminded their adult children of deadlines they needed to meet, including for schoolwork. 74% made appointments for them, including doctor appointments. That happens in my office all the time. A, a woman calls and says, I want to make an appointment for my son. And, and I'm thinking, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18. Nope, he's 32. 42% helped them study for a college test. 22% helped write all or part of a job or internship application. 16% called or texted to make sure they did not sleep through a class or a test. 15% helped write part or all of an essay or school assignment. 15% helped write part or all of an essay or school assignment. The other one didn't bother me so much because that's an application, and I actually think a lot of people would do well to get help for applications as long as they're taking their work and someone else is improving it. But a school assignment? Come on. We can be better. 11% would contact a child's employer if, she or, if he or she had an issue at work. In other words, mommy or daddy's going to call and they're going to rescue you, their poor little prince or princess. 8% contacted a professor or administrator to discuss a child's grades. Now that one there, I've got to be honest, I don't know, like I need more information on that one. Like if it's like, hey, why don't you give my daughter this grade, then okay. If it's like, hey, my daughter's flunking your class and I'm curious, I think at the right context, even into early college, that could be appropriate parenting. But the idea here is that parents are treating their children like children longer and longer. And I think it's all rooted in this shame idea. We don't want our poor little angels to feel bad. And the author gets ready for the storm that he knows is coming. He actually puts in it, look, I get it. I understand. I know where it's coming from. I'm more involved in my, in my daughter's life than I should be. And maybe my wife and I won't actually avoid it uh, when, when my daughter's in college age. Because that's, that's the typical, we don't evaluate criticism on its merit anymore. We evaluate it on whether or not the person's been through it with us. Right? Well, you don't know what it's like. And I get it. There's some value to that, right? People who don't have kids, when they give me parenting advice, I kind of smile and nod. And in my head, I'm probably not smiling and nodding. But this isn't this guy's opinion. This is what the parents said. And, and he quotes the former dean of Stanford, uh, Julie Lithcott Hames, a former dean at Stanford University and author, uh, says it this way. The point is to prepare the kid for the road instead of preparing the road for the kid. We can just look at what we're getting. It isn't working. What we're trying to do is not working. This idea that anything that makes you feel bad is bad and it's shaming you. We're creating people who can't handle life. They get, they get into trouble when real life happens. If you're in college or you're a young adult and, you expect, and you're used to your parents calling to wake you up so that you don't sleep through a class, what happens when you get married? Do they call you then? And I get so tired of people telling me, oh, well, it's so hard. I was talking to somebody a few weeks ago about how we need to, to make things easier for people because, you know, the opportunities just aren't there for his generation like they were for mine. And I can't speak for everybody else. But man, my wife and I, we've had to scratch and claw for everything. I was in my mid-30s going to grad school, early 30s, going to grad school full-time, working three jobs, 
all the time. And I still, I worked it so I could still see my kids. It was hard. We almost lost our house because a week after moving in, I lost my job in the middle of the recession. And you go to work and you say, life's hard because it's supposed to be hard. I'll say it again. Life's hard because it's supposed to be hard. And when we start there, then when we do something bad because life was hard, there's no shaming. It's just like, okay, you made a bad choice. And that woman, she made a bad choice. She's not a good mom right now. Now, she can do her time, and I truly hope that she does, and I hope that she comes out of it. I hope that she's re- she, she, she has restoration. I hope that her story is redeemed. But when it comes to parenting, we have to accept that there's a balance there. That Yeah, there is. I, I honestly, I do. I, I get the idea that we're all doing the best we can. There's things that I've done that had I known what I was doing, had I known now what I know then, I probably would have done it differently. But I didn't, and so I made a bad choice. And there is a distinction here. There is a distinction between I made the best decision with what I had, and I just made bad parenting choices. And bad parenting choices are the things that, that benefit me, that are about me, right? So, so if my kids are acting up in public, and I'm embarrassed, and that's why I intervene, that's bad parenting, because it's about me. If I believe that their behavior is unacceptable because of what it says about them. And then I intervene. That's better parenting. That's good parenting. You, that's at least the start of good parenting. This idea, and, and so much of it, our world, we're just selfish. This, this idea that, well, you know, parenting is hard and my kids were embarrassing me and, and so I got to do this. Look, I, when I was in grad school, I helped a friend of mine set up for a court order DV, that's domestic violence, group. I would sit around and listen to the participants talk. It was a win for me because I was collecting hours for my internship. It was a win for my friend because sometimes she was the only one there with people who were kind of violent offenders. I actually had to stop. There was there was four of us and I had to actually tell the group, I was like, look, I got to get out of this because one of the things that almost all of the perpetrators said was, they wouldn't have beat the person that they beat. They wouldn't have committed the violence. They wouldn't have hit them, hit their spouse or their baby mama with the meat tenderizer if she hadn't disrespected them. In other words, if she hadn't shamed me, I wouldn't have hit her. We'd never accept that. We'd never defend that, and we shouldn't. But we defend it for moms who run over their kid. Well, we don't, but I read about it. And, and we'll, we'll roll that out for ourselves as a defense. Don't tell me that you think something in my parenting isn't right because that shames me. Now, I get it. Nobody likes to be told what they're doing for their kids isn't right. But it's not always shaming. And certainly there are times where there is shaming. There are times that people just do things to shame someone, to just hurt their feelings. But we've got to be better as a society in parsing that out. We've got to be better as a society in, in saying, okay, so this here is shaming and this here is just calling out what is going on. Because those are two different things. Right? I, I, I was talking to, or I was doing a couple session one time and, and the, the wife called the husband an adulterer. And he's like, don't use that term. That's very shameful. Well, he had slept with six women that weren't his wife when he was married to his wife. That's kind of adultery. Don't call them names. Well, 
I mean, you can call me human. Is that calling me a name? You call me a counselor. That's not calling me a name. There are things that we do that move us to a place. Now, you don't have to be that person forever. You can change. You can, you can and rewrite the script. You can do different things. But you have to start with owning where you're at. And if you don't like where you're at and you feel bad about it, someone pointing it out isn't shaming you. We have to kill this idea that just because you feel bad, you're being shamed. You might even feel shame, but that's on you. That's on me. I might feel shame. You might say, Joe, you didn't do this well. Okay, you're right. And I might legitimately feel ashamed of that, but that doesn't mean you shamed me. I was talking to somebody this week about this whole nurse thing with the senator and the cards. And and I think a lot of the responses to the senator have been brilliant. Uh, they've been funny. A lot of the memes. And I think the senator was totally wrong. Where it's interesting to me, though, is as we were talking about it, my friend is a nurse. Uh, and he said, you know, the problem is, though, now bad nurses are kind of cover. They're using this as a cover. And when I asked him what he meant, he's like, well, and, you know, like if, if you say, hey, you got to get this done. Somehow it'll come up with don't Senator. I don't remember the Welsh, Walsh, whatever. Well, Senator Welsh me. He's like, and it just drives me. We ended up having a conversation about this idea of shame. And I said to him, I said, so what you're saying is, you know, if they get called out, they essentially respond back with, well, I'm doing the best I can. He's like, they don't even respond with that. They're just like, I'm doing what I can. And if you don't like it, tough. And it's kind of this whole shame thing. Don't shame me. Don't shame me. Don't shame me. Well, you're not actually doing very good. I have people get mad at me all the time because I say there are bad cops out there. There are bad nurses out there. There are bad teachers out there. That doesn't mean they're all bad. There are bad counselors out there. There are people in every profession who do things. And you're like, man, that's not a good representation of that profession. That's not a good movement for that profession. We have to stop protecting people from the consequences of their actions. That's ultimately what this is about. We, we've raised people that, that don't want to have the experience, the consequences of their actions down to the label that comes with it. And I always love when people are like, well, I don't like labels. Oh, really? So you don't want the poison in your cupboard to be labeled? You don't want uh, your medicines to be labeled? Because you don't like labels. Well, of course we do, but people aren't medicine or poisons. I agree. But there are people that are poison. There are people that are toxic. There are people that might even be healthy today. 2019, if you knew them, you're like, man, those are that's a great person. That's a healthy person. But even that language lends itself to two truths. One, that doesn't mean they were healthy 10 years ago. But if we can say, oh, that person's healthy, that means there's unhealthy people. If we can say there are good people, that means there are bad people. And it's not just the monsters that go to jail for committing the horrendous crimes. But even this, like what kind of started this whole episode, she ran her kid over and drug him for 47 yards. Like to me, that's a horrendous activity. I don't care how bad your day is. And to only get a year in jail, she got off light. In my opinion, I'm not a lawyer. I skipped all the days of law school. So maybe the judge didn't have a choice. Or maybe there's, you know, there's extenuating circumstances that I don't know about. But to say that's a terrible mother, that's an accurate statement. It doesn't matter the good things she did before it. She ran her kid over with a car. That's a life-altering moment. Now, most of us are never going to experience anything at that level. But we are going to do things that aren't good. 
And if we if 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 we live in a place where someone calling that out to us is shaming us, we're in for a world of hurt. We're in for a world of trouble. And look, I get it. We want to give people the benefit of the doubt because we translate how people deal with what they did to how they might deal with what we do. But you've got to embrace the truth that there is bad things out there and calling it out isn't shaming. Let's leave shame for what it actually is. Somebody trying to embarrass somebody. Somebody trying to make someone feel bad. That doesn't mean every time you feel bad that the person who told you whatever it was that they told you was wrong. I'll give you an example. A number of years ago, I worked at a hospital. Somebody showed up late. I had to write them up. Well, I don't understand why you're shaming me. I'm not shaming you. I'm writing you up. Yeah, but I tried to get here on time. Irrelevant. Doesn't matter. And that's the same thing with so many things in life. And one of the problems is, is if anything that makes us feel bad is shaming us, we're stuck. If my wife says to me, the way you're talking to me isn't helpful, it isn't good communication, and I act like she's shaming me, I'm stuck. I can't become a better communicator. This is so important because we're just, we're creating situations where we're getting the exact opposite of what our stated purpose is, which is to help people have better emotional and uh, mental health. And we're, we're not doing that because we're keeping people stuck where they're at because we can't embarrass them. We can't shame them. It's so frustrating. All right, so this is a long episode. I do want to let you know we do have a parenting conference coming up. Go to joemartino.com forward slash parenting. It's two hours on a Saturday in May, May 18th to be exact. If you are on your phone when you do that, at the upper left corner, there is three dots, three lines You need to click on them. A drop-down will occur, and that is where you click on registration, May 18th from 9 to 11. We're going to break it up into two one-hour sessions. My wife is going to do one, uh, and I'm going to do one. We're going to talk about trauma and anxiety for your children. How does it affect them uh, on the right side? at the top of the webpage, there's one dash on your phone. If you hit that, there's a drop down. It's home dates, registration about Joe and Erica, and then the price. The price is $20 a person, uh, but if one person comes, the second person comes for 10. So if two of you come, it's $30 for two of you. You do not need to have children together. You don't need to be married. Uh, you just need to trust each other that somebody's going to give the other person 15 bucks. Uh, so that's May 18th. From 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., it's going to be at our Lowell office. Coffee will be provided, and we'll be done by 11 and get you out and on with your day. So tell your friends about it, and hopefully we will see you there. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, joemartino.com. Click on the Contact Me page. You can email me, info at joemartino.com, but please put podcast in the subject line. Put that in the subject line, podcast. All right, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. Give us a rating on the iTunes store. And if you have a question for a future show, feel free to send us an email at info at You can also go to joemartino.com and click on the Contact Me page. Until next time, remember, change possible.